This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thank you for downloading the Talk Politics podcast. This week I am joined for the entire show by Gloria De Piero, former Labour MP for Ashfield. We've got plenty of guests. We talk about the coronavirus, renters, uh, fruit pickers and plenty more on the show. Welcome back to the show with me, Alexis Conran, here on Talk Radio. You're listening to Talk Politics with The Times. Know your times. With me, I have Gloria DiPiero, and I'm glad to say that we're also joined on the line by Anthony Brown, Conservative MP for South Cambridgeshire. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us uh, this morning. Um, I wanted to start by uh, asking a, a few questions. We heard uh, from Michael Gove this morning that uh, testing... It has gone up and hit 10,000 today. It was at 8,000 on Friday. We're hearing from everybody, pretty much every country around the world that has managed to contain this virus, places like South Korea, Hong Kong, Singapore, Germany. They are testing, testing, testing and following up. We seem to be 
uh, on a policy where we'll only test people showing symptoms and actually we will only really test people that have been hospitalised. Um, the front line, uh, the latest figures are saying only 800 NHS staff were tested on a day. That is due to capacity of us not being able. We don't have enough staff in the testing facilities to test more people. Does this concern you? And also, why in the number 10 briefings aren't uh, people being honest with us and saying, look, this is our capacity at the moment? Since the 11th of March, you've been saying that you're going to ramp up testing. That was 19, uh, that was quite 19 days ago. Um, being transparent and honest with people, I think it's going to, is much better, is it not? Well, I think the government has been very honest. We do want to test as, as much as possible, but we are constrained by the amount of testing that we can operationally do in terms of staff, in terms of equipment. And one of the things that's happened here, uh, not just in terms of testing, but in terms of uh, ventilators as well, is that countries around the world are all in the same position. There's limited productive capacity, and you're finding that the, the companies that have the ability to make these uh, this equipment already are simply overwhelmed. Some like the main ventilator manufacturer in Germany has said they simply can't meet up with demands. So I've been involved with procurement of ventilators, and I know the Chinese factories that make them are uh, overwhelmed. Uh, there are new factories putting on extra capacity. There are people who haven't been involved with making these medical equipment uh, before uh, starting to enter the market, but you need to obviously have some quality control there. All this is happening at a very rapid pace. Uh, the government clearly wants to test more. We know that the solution is testing as much as possible, uh, but we can only do the testing uh, that we have the capacity for. And given that limited capacity at the moment, you have to prioritise. And so the priority is NHS staff and people who are hospitalised. Uh, you mentioned there about the ventilators, which is something we're going to be discussing uh, later on in the show. Can you explain to me the logic behind uh, offering Dyson a contract for 10,000 ventilators, a company that's never made ventilators before? You've got uh, people from the ventilator industry saying, well, a brand new ventilator coming into market. Uh, is going to have to have rigorous tests before it's approved uh, for use, especially in uh, in circumstances like this. Can you explain to me the logic of getting a company that's never made ventilators before versus uh, British companies that make ventilators already in the UK? Uh, two companies that approached the government, um, they were told, thanks for your interest, uh, we'll let you know. They never heard back. I, as a member of the public, do not understand why you wouldn't go to companies that are already manufacturing ventilators and helping them to up their scale versus getting a brand new company that's never made ventilators before uh, making a prototype and then going through the testing process, that's going to surely take longer, is it not? No, absolutely. And the governments are approaching it in every way. There's a short-term response, a sort of medium-term and longer-term. Uh, in the short-term, you actually you absolutely go to the companies that themselves manufacture ventilators with their own in their own factories and try and ramp up that demand. There's also then companies that have the procurement capability to try and buy ventilators from other manufacturers in other countries like China or, uh, or indeed Germany. Uh, and that's why the government has gone to a lot of other companies saying, can you procure it from those factories? Uh, the third response, and it is a longer term one, is getting people who haven't made ventilators before, like Dyson, make ventilators. Now, one of the issues is, as I was saying earlier, is the, the productive capacity of other 
factories, that they are the existing factories, that they are overwhelmed by demands from around the world now. Uh, but there's also you've got to make sure that they've got the proper quality control. We've heard cases of ventilators being made and supplied around the world that simply don't work. And you've got to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, and you've also got to make sure that uh, there aren't uh, more cost-effective ways of procuring it. There have definitely been cases of people uh, trying to charge massively over the odds for, ve- for ventilators. So the government is approaching it it's all, it's all in all possible ways. I mean, existing manufacturers, absolutely, they're the ones who can ramp it up quickest. You do that. But that you don't do that at the expense of uh, saying, right, well, other people like Dyson, we shouldn't go down that path as well. Because we're here. This isn't going to be just over in a few weeks. If we knew it was over in a few weeks, we'd have a different approach. We are here for the long haul. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Alexis Conran on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the show with me, Alexis Conran, here on Talk Radio. I am joined from her home up in Nottinghamshire by former Labour MP for Ashfield, uh, Gloria De Piero. And we're also joined uh, by Labour MP for Ilford North, Wes Streeting. Wes, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning to you. Um, uh, I want to get your thoughts on how the government have been doing so far. I think uh, we are in danger. Uh, there's lots of criticism and praise uh, heading to the government, but it's fair to say that they are dealing with a, a completely unprecedented set of circumstances. Uh, there's 77% of the public think that they're doing a good job. How well do you think they're doing? I think a, a mixture of criticism and praise is, is probably fair, to be honest. I mean, as you say, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I think there will be, once this is over, and I emphasise once this is over, uh, I think a need to have an inquiry to look into, um, you know, our level of preparedness, what we could have done better with the benefit of hindsight. Also, um, frankly, what the government knew when and how quickly they acted. There are some areas where I think the government have gone, frankly, further than I expected them to do when it comes to um, income protection for employed people, which we called for. And then Rishi Sunak um, answered those Um, calls and delivered support for the self-employed where um, we asked for him to act uh, and he did Um, but I think there are also lots of areas that still give me cause for concern I mean even on on self-employment I've already had people who are self-employed in my constituency writing to me to say the scheme doesn't quite cover all of them and I think there'll be people experiencing real hardship one of my big areas of concern at the moment is the level of PPE the protective equipment that's available not just to staff working in the NHS, uh, but also staff working in care homes and other frontline public services who are at risk because we don't have enough PPE equipment. And then there's the whole issue of testing. The World Health Organization was really clear uh, that we need to test, 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 that testing, understanding you know, where the virus is, the extent to which it is spreading is absolutely crucial to containing it and and, you know, eradicating the, the passage of the virus as, as far as we possibly can. Uh, but it doesn't seem to me that we're going far enough on that. And in fact, there are lots of staff working in the NHS who maybe live in households with people who are displaying coronavirus symptoms, who are now off work themselves because they can't get access to a test. And of course, if they were tested and shown not to have the virus, we could have those people back at work where they're desperately needed. So, as you know, as I say, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one as the opposition. Look, you know, this is a, a real battle against coronavirus. We don't want to um, either behave or 
be seen to be behaving in a way that looks partisan, a bit of, you know, party political one-upmanship. No one wants that. So we are trying to couch our criticisms and our challenges to the government in a constructive way, uh, in the way that I think people need the opposition to be doing in a time of a national crisis like this. Matt, when you launched Compassion in Politics, uh, Alexis asked you about it uh, a short Mm. time ago, but you said it was necessary because uh, of the rise in extremism and division. It's a very Mm. different world now, isn't it? I mean, you're not getting the bickering, um, by and large, certainly not over Brexit. You're getting uh, Labour politicians wishing uh, those Tory, the Prime Minister and Mm -hmm. Matt Hancock, you're wishing them well. Has Mm. coronavirus given, given you know, the UK (laughs) what you want as compassion in politics? (laughs) Um, Well, in certain respects, absolutely. And I think I think, again, it's a lesson about what can be done when when the pressure demands it. And we have seen, as you're absolutely right, Gloria, these politicians who a few weeks ago over Brexit would have been, you know, it would have been incredible to think that they'd be working together and wishing each other well now doing that. And I think what our role is at this point, at least, is to still continue to try and highlight those areas that might be missed and, again, support politicians and work with them to address concerns that people are raising with us and that our research is showing, uh, but also to capture that spirit and to continue it beyond these uh, first few weeks, first few months of the coronavirus, because problems will continue. There'll still be systemic problems in our political system that date back, you know, tens, hundreds of years, and there will still be the issues like Brexit, like inequality, homelessness, refugees that are going to need addressing after uh, coronavirus. But certainly we've been very pleased to see the sort of much more cross-party working since the virus has started to spread. And we're seeing really um, two Britons. We have seen selfish Britain, which has been hoarding. And incredibly kind Britain, the stories of paper boys and girls dropping notes through um, older people's letterboxes saying, do you want me to do a shop for you? Which Britain's winning? I'm pretty sure that it's certainly the latter. And I think there's a tendency, as you all know, Gloria, in the news, you know, there will be a tendency to focus on some of those very... Uh, well, the, the, the sort of negative news stories, the selfish behaviour, but certainly in my community where I am, um, you know, the, the mutual aid groups that have got hundreds and hundreds of volunteers, you're seeing the rainbow pictures in people's windows. I think that's the Britain that we are, and that's why we were established, because we believe that most people want to do the right thing. They want to help neighbours, they want to help friends, community, and they were just starting to see that politics wasn't representing that anymore. I and mean, if we can build a little bit of the community spirit back into politics, then that will be a very good thing. Matt uh, Matt Hawkins there, co-founder of Compassion in Politics. Thank you very much for your time. Alexis Conran on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the show with me, Alexis Conran and Gloria DiPiero here on Talk Radio. You're listening to Talk Politics with a Times. Know your times. Now, uh, a story that uh, appeared in The Guardian and The Financial Times um, only yesterday, I believe, is this story about uh, the seasonal workers. Uh, some 90,000 positions need to be filled uh, in just a few weeks' time. 
um, to pick uh, the crops. It's springtime. It's that time where the, the bread basket gets filled again. These are crops that have been in the ground since December and need to be picked. Now, the question becomes, where are these people going to be coming from? And I hate to mention that bad word Brexit, which we've had a nice break from from a long time. But with free movement being restricted and also other um, Eastern European countries becoming more attractive for seasonal workers, uh, we have seen a decline uh, even before COVID-19 took hold of the world. We've seen a decline in the number of fruit and vegetable pickers coming over to the UK. Last year, 98% of those uh, who are classed now as key workers came from outside the UK, a vast majority from Bulgaria and Romania. Um, last week, a, a Wizz Air flight bringing 450 people landed a week ago on Saturday. There's a, this is a workforce that we need. We are now making it harder for people to come over because of the, the end of free movement of people. How big a problem is this going to turn out to be? Now, joining me on the line is David Hennick, a UK director of the European Centre for International Political Economy. David, welcome back to the show. Good morning. How are you? Very, very well. Thank you for joining us. Now, these these figures do sound um, quite large and quite worrying. Uh, we know that we are not the only country that is struggling to fill positions. I think France are looking for uh, hundreds of thousands as well uh, of seasonal workers to come to France. The same applies with Germany. Um, of course, a lot of people are suggesting, well, uh, let's look at industries that are looking to lay people off, like the hospitality industry. Can we use that workforce and and uh, use it towards the seasonal workers that we are needing? Um, is this a problem that may seem uh, quite huge uh, to tackle, but actually it has to be tackled and it will be tackled? I think it will be tackled. I think what we're learning generally about food supplies, uh, whether the food we're growing, the food we're importing, is that this is all part of a complex process and that at the time when that's under strain, and never mind Brexit, it's under strain from uh, coronavirus, then um, it's going to need active management. What I hear from the people I speak to in, in the food sector is that there's an awful lot of work going in. And one thing we should be grateful for is that actually UK... Supermarkets in particular are regarded as some of the most efficient uh, in the world at actually being able to source food. So there there are reasons to think that we will manage to find ways through this, but it will probably require huge amounts of extra effort on the part of the supermarket, on the part of the government as well, to actually make sure this is all going to work together. And this is one of the reasons why there's so much extra work the government's having to put in. It's not just about the health implications of coronavirus. It's our entire food system might need to sort of a a few weeks notice be uh, changed around. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker alexis conran on talk radio i'm joined on the line by former labor mp gloria de piero and also i'm delighted to say tom phillips uh, editor of full fact the uk's independent fact-checking organization is also on the line tom thank you for joining us thank you Uh, It must be a busy time uh, for full fact at the moment. Uh, There seems to be just a deluge of uh, information or misinformation, should I say, 
about COVID-19 doing the rounds. Um, I'd like to start by a uh, scam that has been going around uh, on Facebook. I've seen it on Twitter and Instagram as well. This is um, a, a, a page that basically says uh, relief funds are due to you or they're claimable. Please give us your credit details and you can get access to funds. Of course, you know, we've spent uh, the last two weekends on the shows here, Gloria and I, talking about how people are struggling and how so many people are falling through the cracks of what already are quite big uh, government uh, plans and schemes put in place to, to help people. But in times of financial desperation, scammers are out and about. Tell us a little bit more about this scam. Yeah, so this is a text message that some people have been receiving uh, that basically says the government is giving a goodwill payment of £258 uh, to people uh, in light of the coronavirus outbreak. Um, and then it has a link for you to click through and receive your money, supposedly. Of course, what that website is actually doing is collecting your financial details and, uh, you know, uh, is going to rip you off. Uh, a really key thing about this is that if you look at the URL, of it you can see that it says uh covid19 relief.com so there's a there's a typo in the url it should be relief not relief uh and so as a result like that's a kind of a clue that's a warning sign that everybody should maybe pay attention to it doesn't have a gov.uk address which anything from the government would do um so yeah this is a scam it's been going around um fortunately there already are people are taking steps against this so like google is already flagging the website as a harmful domain so we'll sort of try and prevent you from going to it and things like that but yeah if you get this text message there is no £258 goodwill payment. This is not an official government website. Please don't click that link. Tom, it's clear why somebody would want to promote uh, that particular message because they can get your, your bank details or whatever. Um, however, when it's something like, I don't know, garlic can pre prevent infection, who puts stuff like that out and why? So, I mean... I think this is the thing you see this this is not new like the ways that these things are spreading uh may well be new you know like whatsapp facebook twitter whatever mm. it may be but the core of this is not particularly new in any kind of health crisis in any kind of epidemic like throughout history you see this kind of stuff going around that are basically what you might call sort of folk remedies um i mean you know the idea that garlic is preventative against colds is like a common old belief um you know garlic is a generally quite a healthy thing to eat uh you know so i think what you're seeing a lot of it is actually probably quite well intentioned you know people are taking sort of old remedies things that they've relied on throughout their life and applying it incorrectly to this disease uh, you know, you also see like there's another one that's been going around. Uh, it's been shared hundreds of thousands of times on Facebook, uh, which is that gargling with salt water can help yeah. uh, prevent you getting it. Uh, and yeah. once again, like gargling with salt water, that is something like the NHS recommends gargling with salt water to relieve the symptoms of like a sore throat. Um, so, like, you can see how it's connected. Like, that's an old remedy for a sore throat that people have trusted in for years and years and years. And so it's been kind of taken out of context and applied to this. Needless to say, gargling with salt water will not prevent 
It will not stop you getting coronavirus. It won't help cure the coronavirus if you have caught it. Um, you know, so it's it's an old remedy that's been taken out of context. I do think that a lot of people sharing this think that they're trying to do good. You know, they're trying to do things to help people. And I think it's very easy to believe, especially not as if you you send this out in the first place, but also if you then see it on social media and share it on to your family and friends. I think it's really easy to believe that, you know, what harm can it do? Uh, you know, what harm can a bit of gargling with salt water do to anybody? Now, that's true. And it's, you know, it's really understandable that in a scary time like this, we want to share anything that we think might have a chance of helping to protect our loved ones. The trouble is that if somebody does that and therefore believes that they're safe from this virus, then that could actually do much more harm than good. Talk Radio. Alexis Conran on Talk Radio with The Times and The Sunday Times. Know your times. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.